Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands toward heaven. Father, we love you today. We surrender our hearts and our lives, and we welcome you in this place today. Father, there's nothing on this earth, there's no thing on this earth that is worthy to captivate our mind, our focus, our attention. Lord, everything must diminish at your presence. And so, Lord, we ask this morning that you'd be magnified in this place. God, you'd be magnified in every heart here today. Lord, that you would, that you would demonstrate yourself to each of us today. Father, that the thing that you have for each of us, for you know us by name, you know us individually. And Lord, as we've gathered to, today, Lord, to seek you, Thank you that you reward those who do diligently seek after you. Father, today, thank you that there will be unexpected surprises and revelations. Father, today, there will be an increase in every area of our life. Father, today, thank you there's wholeness, even now, that's being ministered to our physical being. Father, each and every one of us will complete our assignment. Father, Thank you, Father, that you are good and you do good. And, Father, we just receive the life of God flowing into us today. In Jesus' name. Touching our minds. Everybody touch your head. It touches my mind. And then it touches my mortal body. And then it touches my spirit, man. And it quickening me on the inside. Say this with me. I am full of might. By the power of God. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The greater one lives on the inside. Whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. Now let's lift our hands and let's tell him we love him. God, we worship you. We bless you today. We honor you this morning. Today, Lord, may you be lifted high today. In Jesus' wonderful, beautiful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, before you're seated this morning, turn around, find two or three people. Tell them God is good. And he does good. I want to, uh, this isn't something that we planned or that happens every week, but I was just doing some devotion time and listening to some videos and podcasts, and, and there's this word testimony in the Bible and, and in the Greek or Hebrew or whatever. The root word, that testimony in English is built off of, actually means 
do it again or, or ready to do again. And that's the whole reason we share testimonies because God's ready to do it again in Amen. your life. Right? Right? So I know maybe some of you are introverted and not so extroverted. And some of you might feel like, I don't have any testimonies in my life. You do. You're here. You're alive. You're breathing. Some of you have beautiful families or a car or a home or getting some direction. You're in a season where you're allowed to come into a a church. You're in a country where you're allowed to have freedom of religion. There's things to praise God for. What I'm going to do in a second is I want you guys to stand back up and I want you to find two or three people and share a testimony, not because you're saying how good is my life, but you're saying I'm blessed and God's ready to do it again in your life. Okay, so this is different. But we, we are a church that teaches on prosperity. We're a church that teaches on health and healing. And he's done it for us. I've, just in this last week, I mean, I got snow tires on in, in 30 minutes. That's unheard of in Erie. There, our, our furnace went out. What the heck? We have a baby. What's going on? Well, I had a, a furnace guy come in, and, and I don't know how he had room in his schedule, but he came in, and it only costed like 35 bucks. How does that happen? Because we're blessed. I don't want to just share testimonies with you. Pastor has testimonies, and I'm not going to steal them, but he said on Wednesday he, he coughed something up. I don't know. Loogies. I don't know. Handed it in to the doctor. He'll share that, I'm sure. Now he has to. But there's testimonies, and not just from the pulpit, not just from the pastoral staff, not just from the staff in general or our serving teams, but there's testimonies happening. In middle school, you're still in here because I want you to participate. I want you to be a part of this. You're in school right now. Maybe you just got an A on your test. Maybe you just met some new friends. I don't know what's happening in your life, but testimonies are happening, and testimony means God's ready to do it again in your life. So if everyone could stand up, we're just going to take a minute here, and I want you to find some people, maybe someone you know, maybe someone you don't know. Reach out to someone who's still sitting. Go find someone and and share a testimony because God's ready to do it again. He's ready to do it again. God is so good. And on your way back to your seat, I just want to pray over what just happens as Paul Luciano comes on up here. I just want to say something about Wednesday nights. The power of God is ratcheting up. And we moved into a healing time on Wednesday nights. And we were talking Wednesday night about sometimes healing always comes. But he says sometimes you've got to stand for it. And it's a process. So I'm sitting back there minding my own business, and Pastor Jason said, somebody in here has numbness in their right arm and their right hand. Well, that was me for about a year. I didn't say anything, but I grabbed it, and he prayed that whatever that problem was that was causing it, that it would dissipate. So I put into practice what we had been talking about that night, that sometimes you've got to stand, and it's a process. And if you keep the trigger of faith turned on, look out, it's going to happen. Well, I'm happy to say this morning there is no numbness in my arm or my hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because God is a healer, and he is good. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. One other thing God said to me a couple months ago, and I thought it was just for a Pastor Jason, as he's taken over senior pastorship here of this wonderful group of people. God said, this come." This coming year is a year of provision and harvest in that order. Because we need provision to do the harvest. And this morning I walked into the bathroom and on my mirror my lovely wife had 
He crowns our year with abundance. And even the hard pathways flow with his goodness and blessing and abundance. He didn't say there wouldn't be any hard pathways. He just said, get ready, get ready, get ready. If we stand and keep the trigger of faith turned on, they'll flow with abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks. That's so good. So good. Wow. Christians are different not because of what they go through, but how they go through what everyone else goes through. We will go through the valleys and hard things just like everyone else at work and in our families. We're not different because God pushes those things away. Sometimes he will. He'll bless us. But it's how we go through them. That's what people will say, wow, what do you have? Because I went through that and I didn't have that strength. I didn't have that provision. But it's because of Jesus. Amen. Let me pray over these testimonies. God, I just thank you for the testimonies because you're already doing things and you've already done things in our church, in our families, and in these individual families, God. I just thank you for the things that you're pouring out and you're healing and you're moving and you're reaching out, God. I just thank you for those testimonies. And I thank you for that root word and testimony that means you're ready to do it again. You're ready to do it again in this family over here and in this couple over here. God, I just thank you that you're ready to do it again and we receive it. We receive it, God, because you are so good. You are so good, and you, need, you know exactly what we need. And just speak that over our church family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. It's good to worship the Lord and uh, give him what is rightfully his due. We're going to continue to worship him through our uh, tithes and offerings this morning. And uh, I just want to commend our church that we are a giving church. You know, we, we have broken all statistics in terms of what, for our size of congregation, we are what God has enabled us to do. And that's because we're giving people. So let me encourage you this morning as we prepare to give. Proverbs chapter 3, the Lord just quickened this passage to me this morning. You know, all it takes is one word from God uh, to, uh, Pastor Doug was talking about downloaded truth. You know, the word of God is true. But we have so many reaffirming words. You know, it's not just one word. We have many words from God that, uh, but all it takes is one to make a difference. And uh, this morning, the Lord quickened this particular scripture to me just to encourage us as we prepare in our giving today. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Anyone here have, have barns? Okay, yeah, well, kidders, they have a barn. Uh, you know, we, I'll give you a little bit of trivia. When we left northern Aristic County, Maine, to go to Ramah, we actually had a barn. We had a big barn. And we were in the process of purchasing this piece of real estate. And I don't know what we would have done with the barn. But, uh, but we had one of those barns. And I'm glad that we didn't have to stay there and maintain it. <laughs> but... Uh, but what he's talking about here is we don't have barns today. We have, uh, 
We have banks and we have places where we make deposits. But the Bible tells us that if we'll honor the Lord, if we honor Him, if we acknowledge that every gift, every good thing comes down from Him, He gives us the strength. He gives us the favor. He goes before us. If we'll give to Him what is rightfully His, we give Him our tithes and our offerings. He says, Our barns will be filled with plenty, and our vats will overflow with new wine. Praise God. Are you ready to honor the Lord today? So let's just hold our offering up before the Lord. Father, today we do honor you. We acknowledge that every good and every perfect gift comes down from you, the Father of lights, with whom is no variation. You never change. Father, your word says that those that honor you, you will honor. So, Father, thank you that as we give today, Father, gift and giver alike are blessed. Father, thank you for unexpected favor. Thank you for increase. Thank you for health in our bodies, Father. Thank you for vision and provision to do what you show us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Ushers. Wow. One word. I had no idea you guys were going to be singing that song. One word can change everything. Amen. Don't you just love it when the Holy Spirit leads and directs? So, uh, two things this morning. Uh, Number one is you got me today. (laughs) Um, But uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Jason and Liz, and I'm assuming their entourage, (laughs) uh, are down at the uh, city mission. And, um, you know, we, we have a team. Camille and, and a team of people that go down, what is it, like every two months, I believe. And, uh, and they run the whole uh, service down there. And I think we were the first church, really, to begin that whole program. So uh, I know that, uh, that uh, Pastor Jason and Liz, you know, they really have a, have a heart for the people downtown. So let's just pray, take a moment and ask the Lord to bless. Father, we just thank you for that service. Uh, Father, at the mission this morning. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that, uh, Father, that your word is confirmed. Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, connections. Father, or people will, will make divine connections that will be life-changing, Father. Father, we just thank you that not only will the people there at the mission be ministered to, but our team, Father, and all, all the people that are participating, Father, there's, a, there's going to be change in their lives, Father, because we cannot serve you without being changed and blessed ourselves. So, Lord, thank you. We give you the praise and glory and honor for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, also, I asked if um, Pastor Doug uh, had us do that neat uh, thing about getting together and sharing some testimonies and... Uh, so Pam has a, has a real neat testimony, and I thought it is very appropriate to share, uh, to encourage us. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we sort of categorize people, you know, we look at them, and, uh, you know, we shouldn't judge a book by, by its cover, but unfortunately, that's what happens a lot of times, you know, we, we make, uh, we have presumptions or whatever, 
But uh, Pam had a, had a really neat divine connection a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to let her tell you about that and, and the upshot of that. Jesus calls us to make disciples of all men, of all men, and not to make converts. There's a difference between making a convert and making a disciple. There's a lot more invested when you make a disciple. And he also calls us to be salt and light no matter where we go. It was the day after Thanksgiving. We were down in Pittsburgh, and our kids wanted to go shopping for the after Christmas or after Thanksgiving uh, Black Friday sales. So I'm sitting there, and I have our four-year-old, and I'm at the play yard in the Pittsburgh Ross Park Mall. And because I didn't care about shopping, but I just wanted to be with our four-year-old. And so I'm sitting there, and, and actually, well, I looked to sit, and the only seat available was next to this fully garbed Muslim woman from Saudi Arabia. And the only thing you could see was the little slits for her eyes. And so, you know, I looked around and it was the only seat available. So I sat down next to her and I thought, probably going to be cold because I haven't had all that much success talking with those freshly from Muslim worlds. But I looked over at her and I tried to strike up a conversation and she responded back. And so we sat there for a good 15 minutes at that point, And I'm just talking with her. And her husband comes and I think, oh boy, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> he is going to shut this off. Well, he's, they start asking. They're, they've been in the States for six months. They have three months left before they go back to Saudi Arabia. And they were asking us about what is Thanksgiving? What does this mean? And, and then they asked about Christmas Eve. They asked about Christmas. And I'm witnessing to Jesus left and right. I talk about Thanksgiving, how we came to, to serve Jesus, how we came to found a new nation. And it was hard that first year, but God got them through. and We had a celebration. So I invited them to our house for a full spread for Thanksgiving meal. So next Saturday... My wife has the gift of hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a teacher. He's a professor for one year in Canton, Ohio. So they're going to come to our house next Saturday. We're going to have a full spread Thanksgiving meal. And so here, they just kept asking about the Lord. They asked, why are there Christmas lights? They didn't, ask, they didn't know they were asking about the Lord, but I put the Lord in everything. <laughs> That's just the way it is. They go, why do you have lights up? I said, because Jesus is the light of the world. They go, what is Christmas Eve? It is the birth of the Savior of mankind, the Lord Jesus Christ. So they know they've gotten an earful about the name of Jesus already. They know what they're in for. But they are so excited to come. So I'm, we're going to invite them to church the next day. I hope they come. And we're going to invite them to church on Christmas Eve. I hope they come. So if you see my new friends, just be real friendly. <laughs> uh, Hussein and Fatima. So. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pam. That's awesome. It's always an adventure living with Pam. 
Although it can be an adventure living with me, too. <laughs> we just like to, you know, mix it up, keep it interesting, you know. We don't like boring. So, all right. Well, this morning, um, I want to maybe wrap up the series. I know that Pastor Jason is uh, planning on doing a series, Let, Let There Be Light, but I'm not done yet. So, <laughs> I want to, I just want to wrap up. Uh, this series on the authority of the believer. So let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you today, Lord, that um, Lord Jesus has come, and Lord, you came to, to restore back to us what we had lost. Father, we just thank you that as we come to know you, it's more than just understanding uh, a baby in a manger. It's understanding the great work that he came to accomplish, and the great uh, restoration to mankind, uh, the thing that had been lost, that authority that had been given to us at the beginning. So, Lord, we, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for what we've received. And, Lord, may this not just be a message. We say, oh, I heard that message. But, Lord, may it be, as Pastor Jason has encouraged us, something that we meditate upon and really begin to apply into our lives. Father, thank you today for speaking to every heart. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, and I want to read, beginning in verse number 5, Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse number 5, and this is Uh, the incident where Jesus heals a centurion's servant. I'm going to go ahead and read. And I want to encourage you. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, that today with, you know, all the PowerPoint that that we use, uh, a lot of times, you know, people get, we churches give handouts and whatever. And I began to wonder how often people are actually opening their Bibles. You know, I'm, I began to wonder how often, uh, you know, that, that they're turning the pages in their Bible. We've got electronic devices, too. And, you know, they're all good resources and, and tools. Um, but we ought to be familiar with uh, passages of Scripture. And we ought to take the time and look them up, whatever it is, whether you have your Bible or an electronic device, so you can see it right there in front of you. Because that way, it's like it belongs to you. That's God speaking directly to you. But I want to begin reading here in verse number 5. And it says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Isn't that neat? Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And I thought when I read that about uh, the, the leper that came to him and said, if you're willing, Jesus said, I'm willing. Aren't you glad to know that he's willing? Praise God, he is the Lord that heals. And he wants to and he desires to. And Jesus said here in verse 7, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. 
For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Isn't that something? He marveled and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, no, not even in Israel. And I say to you, and I say to you, that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then said Jesus to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so be it done for you. What a powerful, insightful passage of Scripture this is. Because this man, as a centurion, is a Roman military officer. He probably doesn't have a whole lot of religious understanding. Uh, But nevertheless, as he observes the ministry of Jesus and he observes the life of Jesus, something clicks in his mind. You see, he is, as he says in this passage, he is a man under authority. He understands how the chain of command works. He understands that, you know, authority is something that is delegated and something that needs to be exercised. And as he's observing the life of Jesus, you know, he's observing Jesus' life and ministry from that mindset, from understanding that, you know what, there is a demonstration of power in this man's life. And, and, and he's understanding that he understands that he's a man. And so he's got to be uh, he's got to be operating in delegated power. And, and, uh, and the, he understands this because he himself is, is standing in that role. He says, you know, I am a man under authority. I say to one servant, go do this, and he does it. And I tell another one, go do that, and he does it. So I know how this works. He doesn't have a whole bunch of religion messing up his thinking. Now, when I say messing up, you know, there are a lot of ideas that people have they attribute to God, but it's not God. You know, that, you know, God is a, uh, the one that caused all the problems and, you know, whatever. And he doesn't have, he doesn't have a lot of that. All he has is this framework that he understands and that he knows that for this man to be doing what he's doing, he is operating in authority. He's not operating in his own power. He is a man that is submitted to God and and the power of God is operating through his life. And in fact, he says to Jesus... He says to Jesus, he says, Lord, you don't, you don't even have to come to my house. It's not necessary that you, that you come to my house. 
He said, all you have to do is you just speak a word because I know how authority operates. I know how, how it's to operate. He says, because I just speak a word and it happens and things happen. And Jesus, Jesus is looking at this and, he, and, and the Bible says here that he's absolutely, he's astounded. And, and, and Jesus is just amazed. He goes, this guy gets it. He understands it. Jesus says, this, is whole, this whole religious community, they don't get it. You know, um, I thank God many times that, you know, when I, when I came to him, I was far from him. You know, I grew up in a religious system. I was an altar boy until they threw me out unjustly. It was unjustly. It was not, it was unjust. But nevertheless, we, we don't have time to get into that this morning. But at any rate, you know, I, I had time to sort of uh, let my mind uh, you know, filter away from a lot of those religious underpinnings, those religious thoughts, you know, that, that had been implanted there. So when I came to God, I was a genuine heathen. That's what my father-in-law said about me. He didn't know one time. We were, we were up in the loft area talking, and he was talking to Winnie downstairs about that heathen that's dating my daughter. Amen. But at any rate... At any rate, you know, I just didn't come with a whole lot of religious presumptions. And neither did this man. This man, and, and, and Jesus is commending him. Jesus is excited. And, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. The message that we're talking about here is authority. And Jesus was truly excited that somebody got it. He, had, he said to Jesus, he said, you don't even need, I understand how this operates. You don't even need to come to my house. You just, you just speak a word. Jesus liked that. The Lord, he goes, man, I like it. I like it when people, when people get it. And so I think that it would behoove us, and, and that's the reason why we've been going through this series about the believer's authority and understanding it. I think if Jesus would say to us, as he does in this passage of Scripture, he said, you know, nobody, I mean, nobody gets it around here. But this guy gets it. I think it would behoove us to get it, don't you? To understand the authority. And, and, uh, and so, so, you know, the scripture, the scripture tells us in Romans 13 and verse number 1 that there is no authority except from, from God. So really when you look at, see, uh, uh, authority is the exercise of power. And there is no, there's, no, there's no authority. All power originates with God. It is delegated, and we know that that Satan is, is operating now in authority and in power that originally had been delegated to Adam. You know, that's what happened. 
That's what happened in the garden. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27, the scripture tells us, if we could go to that. uh, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, he's saying, I'm giving I'm giving to you, I'm delegating to you power and authority. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over uh, every living thing that moves on the earth. And so all authority has its origin with God. And the amazing thing is that when God created this earth, he created man... And he gave and delegated to them the, the, the right to exercise his power on this earth. That's a powerful thing. You know, the Bible says that he created, he created man in his image. I love the scripture in Psalms that says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, you know so, so many people... It's such a sad thing. They just see themselves as being worthless and without value. And they just, they just, and that's how other people treat other human beings. What a sad thing it is because man, when I say mankind, I mean male and female, we were created to, to, to the, at the pinnacle of God's creation, created to, to, to be under, under him and operate in his power, the power that originates from him. And he delegated it out uh, at the beginning of time. And you know the story that, uh, that Satan and uh, Isaiah gives us some background. Uh, you know, we, we think of things in short segments, but when we read the Bible... And we read, uh, you know, the history that the Bible gives to us. I mean, this earth has been around for a long time. God's been around for a long time. And, and this is revelation to us. So a lot of times we just see the world through our short life perspective. And we just, we, you know, thank God for the word. It gives us a much broader perspective of things. And it tells us that at the beginning that... God had created Lucifer, Jesus. Colossians tells us that through him, all things were created, principalities, powers, and, and all things. And, uh, and Lucifer, this amazing archangel created by God, chose to rebel against God. When this happened, you know, so I, I don't know, there are people that have studied this out better than I have, but nevertheless, sometime in, in, the, in the past, the Bible reveals to us that Lucifer chose to rebel against God. And the scripture says here in Isaiah 14, how are you fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. And now many people believe that even before uh, what we read in Genesis, 
there was, there was uh, uh, a habitation upon this earth. And, and, uh, and there was, there was uh, along with Lucifer's fallen rebellion, that, uh, uh, that creation was eliminated. But, but nevertheless, the scripture here tells us that he said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of... There's a lot of eyes in there, isn't there? I, I, I. He chose, he chose to rebel against, against God. He chose to try to usurp God's throne uh, from him. And I don't have time to look at other scriptures. You can write this down. We're not going to take time and go to it. Ezekiel 28 verse 14 and 15 talks about how he was the anointed cherub at one time. But at any rate, coming back to when God created Adam and Eve in the beginning, he had delegated to them. We just read, we just saw where he said, you know what, I'm giving you the authority uh, to, uh, to have dominion uh, upon this earth. And then as a result of the fact that they bought his lie, Satan's lie, Lucifer's lie, uh, the scripture now tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 that he is now whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the glory, gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He's called the God of this age. And we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday. People say, you know, if God is good, why do we have the problems that we have in this earth? Why is there sickness? And, you know, and philosophers, they try to uh, understand all of this and put it all together. And the Bible tells us exactly why it is, is because the God of this age. You see, he's only, we're talking about operating in delegated authority. Do you know that Satan, the only reason he's able to operate in this earth is because he's operating in the delegated authority that had been given to Adam and Eve, that they were supposed to, they were not, you know, they did not have a, they had a legal right to do what they did, but they didn't have a moral right. And as a result of the decision that, what, that they made, Lucifer became the god, the god of this, of this world. And, uh, but aren't you glad the story doesn't end there? Aren't you glad it doesn't end there? You know, because we're, here we're celebrating Christmas. And, you know, it's, isn't it wonderful to talk about the little baby that was in the manger? And it's a beautiful story, you know, and how, how God just protected him and Jesus grew up. But he grew up and he operated on this earth as a man. When he was on this earth, he was not operating as God. He was operating as a man. And Philippians tells us about that. And, um, and he went to the cross uh, as a man with, without, without a spot of sin. John chapter 12 and verse 31 is another one 
where Jesus is talking about where he's going to the cross. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. You know, why, why does this world have the problems that it has? Why does it, you know, uh, uh, why, are, why are there wars and all the things that go on? Because uh, Satan operates through those who have not yielded their lives to Christ. But listen, we can make a difference. I love what Jesus tells us here in Luke chapter 10. This is, this is an amazing thing because Jesus allowed his disciples, Jesus is operating when he's on this earth as a man in submission to God. He's operating under God's authority, doing the works that he's doing. And if you want to know what God's will is, amen, he went about doing good, Acts 10.38, and healing those that were oppressed of the devil. Hallelujah. I mean, the, the Bible makes it pretty clear. And then Jesus delegated authority to his disciples. He delegated them to them the right to operate in God's power. And they came back, and the scripture tells us, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And now look what Jesus says. Behold, I give you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Glory be to God. I'm going to run around this morning. I'm going to do it. <laughs> this is what got me excited about this message. See, I, I never got excited about churchy stuff. But when I got a hold of this message, the believer's authority... Restored authority on this earth. That we are not begging. And we're not pleading. And, and, and Satan has been defeated. And God has delegated to us the right to operate in his power on this. Man, that's, I got excited about that. I said I got to find out a little bit more about this. You see... See, Jesus got excited because this centurion, he goes, man, I like this. This guy, this guy gets it. This guy, he gets it. He said, I mean, I'm preaching this stuff and nobody around here is understanding it. This whole religious bunch, you know, I'm preaching this stuff and, and they're more concerned about, you know, how far you walk on a Sabbath day. Or, or, you know, or whether your feet have been washed or not. I mean, I'm, I'm giving them the real stuff. And they're not getting it. And Jesus got excited because one man got a hold of it. One man got a hold. I understand this authority thing. And I believe that, that we're entering into a time. 
And I believe that Jesus is sitting right at the edge of his seat. He's going, they're going to get it. Glory be to God. They're going to get this thing of authority. We're we're not going to come to God. Oh, God, I'm just, you know, I'm so unworthy. Oh, God. You know, we just kind of walk. You know what? When you get a hold of the truth of this message, it has a sanctifying effect in your life. Because you begin to realize, you know, I, as he is, so am I in this earth. Glory be to God. I'm, gonna, I'm, all, I'm tired of messing around with this junk. Glory be to God. I want to get a hold. I want to see this stuff operating in and through my life. And all these little tidbits and all these little things that Satan dangles. After a while, you go, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not willing to shut the power off. I'm not willing to trade for something, something far higher and, and much, much better. So Jesus, listen, uh, Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 8, I'm almost done. Uh, not really, but I have to be. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew 9 and 8. Now when the multitudes are, listen, when, the, when they watched, listen, when Jesus was, was on this earth, Jesus did not operate as God. I'm not saying he wasn't God. He, he, Jesus is God. But he laid aside. He laid that aside. You see, listen, Jesus, God didn't come here for himself. He came here for you and me. God didn't have the problem. We had the problem. He came here to fix it. Amen. He came here to restore what he originally what he originally put in place. Giving man the authority on this earth. Glory be. And Satan thought, I mean, I messed it up. Oh, he thought I fixed it real good. But he didn't know he was getting God was ready to fix his cart. Glory be to God. I mean, I, his hukomushai, whatever that is, Paul talks about that a lot when he preaches, but God was getting ready to fix his, I'm telling you what, thank God for Jesus. Matthew 28, I'm almost done. Matthew 28, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Listen, what happened? Authority had been lost. Satan was running renegade on this earth. Right? He, 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 was, he was operating unhindered on this earth. Jesus came to this earth, went to the cross, died as a spotless man, as a, as a substitute for us. And Jesus said, authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Glory be to God. That's what we're going to do next week. Hallelujah. I wouldn't be surprised if we get invited to go to Saudi Arabia. I don't have to preach every Sunday now, so I might get to do it. You may see me preaching on YouTube in Saudi Arabia. A whole bunch of Muslim people getting excited about Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, go and make disciples. 
I've authorized. I've deputized. I've commissioned you not to hold out fort, not to wait, not to just sing sweet little by and by hymns. I mean, he wants us, glory be to God, to understand this message of authority. Glory. I thank God that our church got it. I might not be here today if I didn't have people standing behind me. I had a church that got together and they said, He shall live and not die. Glory. He shall live and not die. And I'm alive today because I'm surrounded by people. This morning I had three people, three people come up to me. I said, How are you doing? I said, Well, Pastor. I, I had some challenges this week, but thanks be under God. We pushed through it, and we got the victory in Jesus. I said, oh, glory, I like that. I like that. Glory. That's my company. Amen. That's my company. The Bible says they went to their own company. You know what? You might have to come out from among them and be like this centurion. Jesus said, I've not seen anybody like this guy. Nobody in Israel is getting it like this guy. And he's not even Jewish. I like it. I'm getting excited today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you a quick story. I'm almost done. You know, I learned this lesson. I, lear- I learned this lesson years ago after I got saved. I thought about my brother. You know, I, I, I don't know, man. I, he was one of the first people. He was just on my heart after I got saved. And I'm th- he was, I was far from God. He was far from God. I'm thinking, how am I ever going to reach him? And, you know, a lot of times we say, oh, God, would you save so-and-so? You know, would you please save so-and-so? What else is he going to do to save so-and-so? What else do you want him to do? I mean, he sent his son Jesus. He went to the cross. He shed his blood. I mean, he defeated death. He, he was raised. What else do you want him to do? The Bible says, I give you authority. Who is the, the Second Corinthians 4, 4 said, Satan is the God of this world who blinds the minds of those who believe not. Who has authority on this earth? We have it. And if we don't exercise it, it won't get done. People pray, oh God, would you? Why don't you? He's going, will you just get up and put your big boy pants on? Right? Put your big boy pants on and start using what I've given to you. Will you stop groveling? Will you stop begging and, and pleading? I mean, that's, that doesn't get anything done. So I finally, I finally began to get a hold of this. I finally began to get a hold of it. And my brother was far from God. You think I was a heathen. He was, he was far from God. And, uh, but here's what I began to do. Rather than asking God to save him, well, what kind of a prayer is that? I began to exercise my authority. 
I said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I break the power of the devil over my brother's mind. In Jesus' name, you take your foul hands off his mind. In Jesus' name, I declare him free in the name of Jesus. And then I began to pray the prayer that Jesus says, pray for laborers. Pray for laborers. I said, God, send a laborer. Now, that's a scriptural prayer, right? That's a scriptural prayer. Jesus said, pray that. So I said, Lord, send a laborer across his pathway. And that's exactly what happened. He met this guy who was a dentist, and he was a Christian. And he began to witness to my brother and talk to him. And one day, my brother picked up the phone. He said, uh, I need you to come up here. He said, I'm really messed up. And could you come up here? And I got on a plane, and I flew up, and we got together, and we drove around town together, and he wanted to go. You know, it's funny. Some of that stuff stays with you. He wanted to go to the church that we grew up in, St. Patrick's Church, and we couldn't get in. The doors were locked. So we went one step up. We went to the Basilica in town, St. Peter's Cathedral, and we walked in this big open chasm of a place, you know. And, and I sat out back. I said, you go ahead and go, you, you go do business with God. And he went up front and he did his business with God and he came back a saved man. Glory be to God. But you know, if I had said, oh God, why don't you save him? You know, why don't you save him, Lord? Don't you know that he's going to go to... No, no. He said... Use the authority that I have given to you. I got, you got time for one more scripture? One more scripture. Go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. This is a scripture that many times people think is a, is a, is a prayer scripture, but it's, but it's not. It's an authority scripture. John chapter 14 Verse number 12, John 14, 12, Jesus speaking says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Holy. The same works? The same works? And who's going to do them? We're going to do them. That I, and greater works than these, He will do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That word ask really is the word demands. It means, it literally means to demand. We're not demanding God. We don't demand God to do anything. We're not that foolish to think that. But what we're doing is is we're we're operating in authority. He said, if you demand it in my name, in other words, if you exercise the authority that you have in my name, I'll back it up. I'll back it up. I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. So we got to change our mindset about about. You know, about how we operate in this earth. 
I mean, I love Christmas. It's wonderful. But Jesus, he's not a little baby anymore, man. He is a ruling king. He's king of kings. The Lord, he's, he's my big brother. I can't wait to see my big brother someday. Not yet. But, you know, now I just want, people keep asking me, well, did you go to heaven? You know, did... Did did Jesus appear to you? I mean, I wish I, I I'm thinking, man, it'd be a good opportunity to lie, but I can't do that. <laughs> you know, I could write a great book. You know, my revelation. You know, my great revelation. Nah, that wouldn't work, though. You know, all liars. The Bible says have their place. You know, where I don't want to go there. You know, so no, I, I didn't. Praise God, I didn't. But I'm just thanking God that the body was working, doing their part. Not begging and pleading and crying. Bless God, I'm so glad when Pam called Brother Paul, first words that came out of his mouth, he shall live and not die. Glory be to God. We're not done yet, brother. Praise God. You've got a few testimonies too. Well, I preached enough this morning. Are you getting it? Hallelujah. Let's stand today. You know, I got some... (laughs) I can't do that. I won't do that. I got some scriptures here. (laughs) I just want you to repeat this with me. Just repeat this with me. According to 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who lives in me. Than he who lives in this world. Thank God. I've got the greater one on the inside. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I can do all things. Through Christ. Who strengthens me. I've been delivered. From the authority. Of darkness. And translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. I'll represent Him on this earth. I'll take my place. I'll exercise His authority. I'll do great works. Because I've been commissioned. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the great days that are ahead of us. Great signs. Great wonders. Great moves of your spirit. We'll live in it. We'll experience. We'll be part of it. And we'll help to usher it in. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. Oh, Father, we love you today. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you for thy goodness in the name of Jesus. And I take authority over sickness and disease today in this place. And I break its power in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the healing anointing that flows throughout this auditorium today. Father, I thank you that right now arthritis must go in Jesus' name. Cancer, I break your power in the name of Jesus. I come against, I come against the spirit of fear and I break its power in Jesus' name. 
And I thank you, Father. I thank you that, God, you've not given to us a spirit of fear, but power and love and soundness. Father, we just give you glory and honor and all the praise in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I had a good time today. <laughs> and hallelujah. Uh, I, I was going to say, I hope Pastor Jason lets me come back again. <laughs> uh, we have some uh, small group leaders. They'll be up front. If you uh, know we've prayed, but you want someone just to agree with you and just share with you, you should never be hesitant, ashamed, or afraid. The reason we have people here to pray is because we love you, and this is a praying place. Amen. The Bible tells us that my house shall be called a house of prayer. So we just want to, to open the altar up uh, as you come and pray this morning. And as you leave today, we bless you in Jesus' name. You have a wonderful day. Amen. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.